When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 238. What is going on? I am Matt O'Leary. He is Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how's it going, my friend? Okay. Um, I was in a mood today because... One of my kids was just being a jerk for no reason. Just no one wanted to play outside and they, they just got mad at everyone. And so it just brought the whole home into like this weird, gross kind of like funk. And so I decided like that. Nah, nah, I got to change what's going on in my head. I got to change my mood. So I went downstairs and played guitar. And apparently I haven't played guitar in a while because my hand has been killing me for like an hour now. I just the the muscle here like behind like below my pinky finger just kill and all I was doing is power chords and I'm dying here so do you do electric guitar or acoustic when you play um I was only doing electric or sorry acoustic because my electric just doesn't seem to want to hold the tune I gotta go get it fixed and I say that like I got a guitar that I play all the time I rarely play this thing clearly because again my hand is not (laughs) having a good time right now Mitch is basically crippled because he tried to play the guitar this afternoon is what I'm hearing exactly my hand is like this is not a bass I don't know what I'm doing here Uh, and you think it should although then again bass I haven't been playing a ton but still Anyways, my hand is just not having a good time. What's going on uh, on with you? Are you having a better time than my hand is? Um, not really. No. Um, because I've been well, we've been figuring <laughs> it out uh, as we tried to record. I've had internet issues all day today, so we're trying to make the most of it. So if we have some tech issues, hand up. It's my fault. I'll take the fall for this week. Um, uh, and also like the weather has been crazy bipolar, which I know it's like so cliche to be like, Oh, we're going to talk about the weather at the start of the pod, but it was like 60 degrees over the weekend and it snowed today. Like this is just the worst. Yeah. That, that sounds awful. When you're kind of like, you get a, a glimpse of what could be and you're going, yes, here we come. And then it's like, ha ha. Nope. Sucker. And you're just kind of like, come on, man. You feel like Eeyore, right? Like nothing is good. Yeah, very much so. So. Uh, right now, well, it feels like nothing is good after the last couple Islanders games, uh, especially the most recent one uh, where they lost um, and just had an absolute meltdown in the third period. But what we wanted to start with is Semyon Varlamov, because there's been a ton of rumors surrounding the Islanders netminder Varlamov. Uh, some teams are interested. You might not waive his no trade. Call- like There's so many factors here. Where do you want to get this thing rolling, Mitch? I guess maybe we just talk about is he or should he be available and then we work our way through it from there. Yeah, absolutely. So I do think he should be available. Like if someone wants to trade for Semyon Varlamov, why the hell not? Um, The Islanders clearly like this year, they're not doing anything. Ilya Sorokin is significantly better than Semyon Varlamov at this point. Um, I, I say you move him. And you just go with whoever else. You're probably in a goalie trade. You're probably going to get a goalie back, even if they're on like an expiring deal. It's just a placeholder for the rest of the season. And then you reevaluate from there. But yeah, if someone's like super interested in Semyon Varlamov and is going to give you like a reasonable return, then why the hell not? Yeah, that, that's just it. I, I understand the anyone's trepidation like well we have 30 games in 50 days or or 29 and 49 type of thing 
Um, and that, that, that's a lot of wear and tear on just one goalie, but, but you're right. Like they're, they're going to get a goalie back. And even if they don't get a goalie back, they can probably find one that they can plug in for a little bit. I don't imagine it'll be Ilya or Jakob Skarik, but it could very well be. Uh, so the Islanders could, can make, can find something if they're going to lose him in Varlamov. And the only reason they do so is, like you said, they get a good return because they're under no obligation to move him. They've got cap space without moving him. They could get more cap space, but they're not drowning, right? Or I guess dying, I guess, or being buried or whatever. They have a ton of cap space going forward is what I'm trying to say here. Um, they don't need to move Simon Varlamov and his $5 million now. They, they just don't have to. But like you said, if the return is there, then you'd be kind of dumb not to. Right. And like, that's the thing. I'm not saying move him just to move him. I think that would be silly. You wait to the mm-hmm. offseason and, you know, around the draft would seem like the, the perfect time for a Varlamov trade if nothing were to happen in season. But, you know, as we said, if a team is desperate, hint, hint to the Edmonton Oilers who, you know, they're fighting for a playoff spot but are getting garbage play in net night in and night out. Maybe they get a little nuts and want to offer you a first round plus. Yeah, because that's the thing going forward now is that, okay, well, let's say he is on the market. Well, how many teams are really in for a starting goalie this time of year, right? It's certainly not the bottom tier teams, although I'm sure they could, you know, they might make a play for him, but they'll wait out the year. They have no reason to be paying this guy for no reason now. Let's wait till his contract drops to $4 million salary instead of the six he's getting now, even if you're still paying on a prorated rate. Um, So you got to factor the only teams that might be interested in bringing in someone like Varlamov is a playoff team. And if you're in the playoffs, you probably have good goaltending. Just just a hunch. Yeah. Um, but the only team that doesn't is the Edmonton Oilers. Right, exactly. You're looking, you're kind of like, I feel like the sweet spot is a team like that's either in a playoff spot or like in a reasonable range to make a push for a playoff spot. But they're the team that makes the most sense. But supposedly um, there's a rumor that Semyon Varlamov wouldn't waive his no trade clause to go there. Which makes sense, right? Like, it's Edmonton. They're usually on the no-trade list. Um, that's just how it is in Edmonton. Uh, even if they've got Connor McDavid, they're not going to go there. The only other team, like, when you look at the bottom-tier team, so uh, what I'm looking at is 16 and lower in terms of save percentage in the NHL. There are very few that are in the playoffs. Um, you've got Tampa that's in it at 904, but like they don't have a need to go get one. They're going to ride Vasilevsky and they're good. Right. Toronto. Okay. But they've got no cap space at all. They've got to make big deals just to make some money or to make some space on the cap to bring him in. So maybe, but unlikely, uh, Los Angeles at 903 save percentage, but like they're not gunning for it. They're just happy to be there type of thing. So they're not going to move hell in high water to get Varley Vegas 902. They're not going to do it. Nope. Minnesota 901. There's a team. That's a team that might do it. Minnesota is probably one of those teams. And then you have the Edmonton Oilers at 899. Yikes. But yeah, you pretty much just narrowed that list down to two possibilities at this point. Yeah. Like we've heard the Colorado avalanche, but they're ninth in terms of goaltending with a 908. Yeah. Why? Why? What? No, I, I don't. I guess they could get better than nine oh eight. I guess so, and that would be a little awkward if they brought him back. I feel like that's true, right? Like they just let him go. Although they they don't have to pay him, I suppose, as much anymore, and it allowed them to do some of the things they did do. But yeah, they they don't seem like a team to me that screams we need to bring in another goalie. They're getting decent goalie play right now. Um. I don't think they're going to be gunning for one, especially one with term, right? Like he's got another year after this at $5 million. That's a big price tag. No, it is. And that's why, you know, I look more so at a team like Edmonton because they don't have really, there's no answer there. There is zero answer there. So um, don't, don't know. So they'd probably be happy to take on that extra year where, you know, some of these other ones are, as you said, it, maybe as a rental, fine, but do you want to sign up for an extra year of Varley? I don't know how many teams would. Right. Like, his stats aren't great this year, um, specifically, but he's still a good goalie under there. So so some team might, 
that's why I look at Minnesota because they they might want someone kind of in the same way that the Islanders had had him right. They they brought in a guy to kind of not take not be the number one. Well, yeah, to be the number one, but kind of. Um, shepherd in, that's the word I was looking for here, I was struggling, shepherd in another goalie that's going to be taking over the, the number one spot, and that's kind of what they've got going on in Minnesota, where they've got a guy that they like, and, and I'm struggling on his name, I, I know it's a Kapanen. finished goalie, and I, and I just can't, pl- thank you, Um, they got Kapanen, Kapokakanen, ready to go, and it's just like, they, they need a guy to shepherd him, uh, Cam Talbot is there, but Ken Talbot is 34. He's kind of struggling this year, not having the year he was having last year. I, I could see Minnesota maybe bring them in, bring Varley in and, and just have him go for another year. Although with that being said, I'm just, I'm not confident on Talbot's contract situation in terms of term. So I'm just going to bring that up now and maybe I will correct I, myself. I think he's uh, a free agent. Talbot has another year. Oh, he does. He has one more year, 3.66. Yeah, maybe not then. So yeah, and that that kind of takes that away real quick. Yeah, so it's down to one team. It's the if the Edmonton Oilers want him, <laughs> then that's it, <laughs> right? And he's got yeah, and Varley's got that sixteen team no trade list, and like we've spoken about already, the odds that Edmonton are on it are well ninety nine to point nine nine percent. Yeah, why does no one want to go there? Even though Connor McDavid's there, it's cold af it's far north um it's not the greatest city i i don't mind edmonton that much i i have family out there so i I enjoy myself going they got a really big ass mall so that's cool um it's very spread out uh it's not really let's say a cultural hub although i'm sure edmonton has its own Obviously, it's got a concert scene, a music scene, a museum scene, all kinds of scenes going on. It's not what you would call a big city. And the fact that it's really far north is the farthest north or the most northern city in the NHL. That's a hit. It's Listen, I'm not a, I'm not going to claim to be a geography guy, but that's got to be pretty close to Russia then, no? In terms of latitude? I don't know, in terms of, I don't know, don't you go... I thought, uh, didn't What's-Her-Face say that like she could see Russia from her backyard in Alaska? Yeah, well, she was in Alaska. That That is not even, that's not close. No, that's okay. not that close. See, I should have stuck with that. I'm not a geography guy. and just stopped talking from there. <laughs> so you, you'd think, though, like in, in a winter sport that people are like, yeah, well, the winter doesn't phase me because I like playing hockey very clearly. But apparently it does. Cold doesn't bother me anyway. Right, Mitch? Boom. Yeah. Good old let it frozen. My God, I even blanked on the name of the movie. Um, So it really does seem that or it really does seem that Varley won't be going to Edmonton, although that really seems like the only place that would be taking him right now. So then would you put the percentage or the odds on him being traded at slim right now because there aren't very many places he can go? Yeah, I, th- that's exactly it. Uh, unless like a rebuilding team or one of those bottom teams want to take him on. Like I, I'm thinking of the, the, some of the worst save percentage teams in the, in the NHL. Like, well, I'm not going to say Montreal cause they've got a $10 million goalie on the, on the roster and they're, they're not going to bring in more money. I don't think, but maybe Arizona, you know, not Seattle cause they just signed a guy, but maybe Buffalo, uh, may, maybe even maybe Philly, right? Someone to help caught a hot, uh, but, uh, I guess Philly isn't that bad. They have a straight 900 save percentage. Let me redo this table here. Um, yeah, New Jersey, the, the Detroit, right? Thomas Grice might be going out. But but these are all teams that, why would they be making that trade now? Why, why at the trade deadline did they go and acquire Simeon Rolomov? They have no need to do that. No, that would script. Off-season, different story for all those teams, like you said. Like, it wouldn't, like if Buffalo, as you said, if a team like that wants to trade for him and kind of be a placeholder, that would make sense. But why now in March? It, yeah, it, it makes no sense for them. Again, there's just the finances of it. He's being paid at a $6 million salary this year, whereas next year drops to $4 million. Sure, next year you're going to be on the tab for $4 million, but if you trade for him now, you got the $4 million plus the prorated for whatever's left on that contract this year. Why do that when you don't really need him this year? The season's done for most of these teams. Right. Why bring him in now? Yeah, no, you're right. It doesn't make sense. So uh, I think I'd be surprised if he gets moved. Now, 
that's not to say that I don't think he has any value. I just don't know as we kind of, you know, tucked ourselves in circles here, but I don't know how many fits there are. Yeah, and so and Luke can't dangle the we're just not going to play you thing so wave your no trade clause like he did with Andrew Ladd. He can't do that with Varley because Varley knows you have no like you can't you're not going to bring someone else in to replace me uh, and I'm going to be better than them and you need me right now anyway. So like, okay, no, I'm going to play. So (laughs) he can't use that as leverage to get him to do what he wants him to do. Yeah, because that well, what if he says they'll waive him? Then couldn't anybody pick him up? Then anyone could and then well. So he, yeah, I guess, yeah, anyone could. And then it's kind of like, all right, sorry. Although with a no trade, can he go through waivers? I know the no, oh, oh, good question. No move, he couldn't. So like, this is something that we got to look up right meow if we can, as my camera dies out. So we're going to do this live on the show here. Um, CBA, so... um, no trade what is a no trade clause thank you very much so i don't i don't think that that uh, i'm pretty sure he'll be allowed to go through waivers but um the cause like uh this is bad podcasting so do you want to vamp while i read no i was gonna say um my guess was that no move Obviously, you wouldn't be able to do it, but no trade. I feel like you could still go through. I think it only has to do with trades. That's my guess. I could be completely wrong here in a second when you find this, but my guess would be he would go through waivers. You're right. He had, consent is not required to be placed on waivers with a no trade. Right. So then, I mean, then then it would be like, then who knows? Maybe you, do, you get picked up by like Arizona or something like that, and then you're really SOL. So you're right. Yeah, maybe he can dangle that. Like, well, I'm just going to wave you then. And then you're going to have to go play in Bridgeport. And <laughs> Robin Salad doesn't like it, so you certainly won't. <laughs> Your choices are Bridgeport, Connecticut, or uh, wh- whatever college the Arizona Coyotes are playing at. Yeah, you're going to you're gonna play in the heat or you're going to play in, in, in heat. Um, so which one do you want? <laughs> Poor guy. The, the heat reference was that, uh, anyways, I'm not going to get into it. Bridgeport seems like a lovely place, I'm told. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, anything else on Simeon Varlamov, his rumors, or uh, do we kind of just come to our conclusion that we don't think he's getting moved? I don't think he's getting moved. And, and then the, the problem then is next year when there's not going to be a flood of, of goalies on the market, but there's going to be a number of free agent goalies out there Whereas is the team really going to go and say, like, I need to get Simeon Varlamov right now ASAP at $5 million cap hit and a $4 million payout? Uh, maybe, but maybe not, right? Because, again, there's going to be a number of goalies out there, and I'm just trying to build the list here, that, that are going to be available, like Fleury, although he probably retires, Kemper, Grice, Corpusalo, Jones. Like, these are all just UFAs, Braden Hopi, Francois, Campbell, Halak. These are all guys that can still kind of play, and and then there there are more here. So, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I don't see the market being that desperate next year either. It, it depends. It, I guess it depends on preference. Like, I don't know. Lou really wanted him. He almost traded for him the year before he was a free agent anyway. So, um, don't know. I think it depends on. You know, the, the different staffs that are in place around the league. Maybe someone does prefer Varlamov and would want to give up a pick because they saw the 920 save percentage. They saw the playoff performances in recent years. So maybe he has a little bit more uh, be- better for some of these teams than like a Halak who, yeah, he was good for a long time, but he's significantly older than uh, Varlamov, I'd imagine, right? Yes. Yeah. So that that's just it. So. He is, he being Varley, is, is better than most of the goalies on this list. Like, Francois is a 920 goalie, but has only played 14 games. Yeah. Um, other than that, you've got Darcy Kemper is maybe the most attractive. That That's going to be the guy who's probably going to take whatever or, or challenge Varley for whatever position is going to be available because you've, you've now got a guy who's 32 in, in Darcy Kemper at a 917 save percentage. So right. may, maybe a team makes a play for him instead of Sivin Varlamov because... Kemper, you can probably get cheaper than Varley. Yeah, that's a, that's true. 
That's a good point. So maybe not. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, interesting. Interesting going forward. He's not going to be the main player that I think people are targeting when it comes to the Islands at the trade deadline, but is someone that seems to be gaining some interest. Absolutely. So let's transition here and talk about someone on the blue line who's getting a lot of playing time right now. Someone who doesn't usually get a lot, and that's Sebastian Ajo. So uh, I don't know about you. I feel like for me, after that little bit of a point streak or scoring streak that he went on, um, his play has kind of gone down the tubes to me. It has, and I, I, I think we've started to see his, the limitations that he brings to the table, or, or the limitations in his in his play, where he's not a top four guy, he's a bottom pair guy, uh, puck mover, not a physical guy at all, uh, and it not drifts, but has a hard time seeing that consistent bottom pair role even, or a bottom pair um, impact. So that, that's what we're seeing the last couple of games, but we're going to keep seeing it the rest of the way through the season, I would believe. Yeah, I would think so too. And especially like Zidane Char is hurt right now. So he hasn't been um, playing and Sebastian Ajo has been, you know, skating in that spot. But even like theoretically, like Andy Green could get traded. He's an expiring guy. I don't know what his market would be like, but there's a chance that he gets moved. And if that's the case, then you're probably going to see more of Sebastian Ajo. And he probably like, he probably deserves the extended look to see what you have there. Um, but I just, I don't know if I'm convinced that he can prove that he's anything more than a seventh defenseman slash low ceiling sixth defenseman. No, I, I don't think there's anything more to that either. But the thing is, the Islanders have to keep running this guy out because he's uh, on the verge of becoming a group six UFA. And so what that means is that he has to play a certain, every player has to play a certain number of games before they hit the age of 25. Um, and and uh, once they hit the age of 25 and their contract expires, if they haven't played 80 NHL games by then, they could become a group six UFA. Uh, and Sebastian Ajo is one of them. Now, the 80 limit has reduced by five because of that, that shortened season in 1920. Mm-hmm. So he has to play 75 games or become a UFA at the end of this contract. That means he's got 27 games as it stands now to play there are 29 games left on the season so if he misses three games he becomes a ufa that to me says the islanders are going to keep playing him because i don't see lou lamarello just losing this guy who has 14 points over his nhl career uh just let him go for no reason yeah that's true that's a good point when you look at it through that lens it kind of makes it like all right what are you gaining out of running the Charas and the Greens out there for, um, you know, guys who aren't long-term answers here? Earlier in the year when you were trying to salvage, like, okay, I guess, you know, I get that. Um, but, yeah, like, that's a good point. If if there's no injury with Sebastian Ajo and he's capable of playing every game the rest of the way, he probably should just so that you don't lose him for any, like you said, for nothing. Yeah, and so... That's the thing. But well, with Zidane Ochara hurt, there's no problem. Like, you have an opening. We're good. And it's not like Robin Salo is knocking down the door to demand an NHL spot now. Although, as much as he'd love to be on Long Island rather than, than Bridgeport, he's not knocking down the door with his play, necessarily. His ceiling is still there, but the, the, his level of play is not right now. So you have no problems playing Sebastian Ajo as his stance. But when Char is healthy, and it seems that he's close to it, right? He's already skating with the team at, at the time of recording. Um, if he's ready to go, well, now what do you do? Because you're going to have a healthy Chara, and you're going to have a healthy um, Andy Green. And while at the beginning of the year, we would have said, like, yeah, you got to play at least only one of them. We know the Islanders are going to play both of them. So what do they do now? Are you going to play both of them and then lose Sebastian Ajo for nothing? Okay, fine. Well, you're going to lose one of those guys for nothing, too. Yeah, then it would probably be like all three of those guys gone. So, right. like, I, I just... They're going to they're gonna have to play him the rest of the way, but then who sits out for him? Well, you don't think one of those guys gets moved in the next week or so? 
That's that's exactly what I wanted you to say, because, yeah, I think I would have to right? the, the Islanders have to be listening actively to any trade on any of these guys being green or Chara and ready to move. Chara's got the 1652. So we're good now or 1653. That is. So we're good. Um, you can move them. You hit the record with an Islanders jersey. We're all good. So, yeah, why not? Why not trade him now? You could. You absolutely could. Um, and I could see like. It's a very overblown narrative, but it it holds true in the league that people like the veteran presence and the guy who's been there before and done it. And Zidane Char is the epitome of that. That's why the Islanders brought him in this year. They were hoping that he was going to bring that, you know, experience for them to, when they were on a playoff run. Unfortunately, that just wasn't the case this year. Um, I, I could absolutely see a team looking for him or. Uh, even Andy Green, like I know, obviously not held to the same standard as Zidane Chara, but he's had to see a ton of playoff time in his career too, I'd imagine. Yeah, that's a good, interesting comment to make. I don't know how many um, playoff games he's had over his career. Um, often, like I'm sure he's got enough because you're right, he played for the Devils and then he played for the Islanders in those two runs. So I'm sure it's stacked up just there. So let's find out here, scrolling so down. Like he 50. has 90 playoff games to his name. 90. 40 okay. with the Islanders and 50 with the Devils. It was a lot more with the Devils than I thought it would be. But I guess that, that 2012 run, he was there for. Yeah, that's insane when you think about it. He has six years of, of playoff experience with the Devils and has 50 games. Two years of playoff experience with the Islanders, 40 games. That's what happens when you go on two deep runs right in a row. That's right. So there, there's a market for either one of those guys. How what the return is on that isn't, you know, anything to write home about, I imagine. But I think to your point, it, it would then allow the Islanders to play Sebastian Ajo more full time. Yeah, no, without a doubt. And I think that's what they'll do the rest of the way. I don't see like, obviously, we're both probably assuming that they're going to have two options on the left side open up at the end of the year because Andy Green and Zanino Chara aren't coming back. And even if Sebastian Ajo plays the rest of the way, I would be surprised if he's in serious, you know, contend like contending for one of those two spots for next year. I, I, I again, I think his his role as a seventh defenseman is fine. Anything more than that, I think you're pushing it. Yeah, and the the Islanders don't like giving up prospects for no reason. Uh, they they didn't want to give up Josh Hosang, right? Like until they absolutely had to two group six UFA, um, they could have let him go maybe a little bit earlier, but they, they chose not to, even though they had no plan on keeping him. Um, they they will, will want to keep him because this is a, him being Sebastian Oh, This is a guy that they're playing actively at the NHL level that they seem to like, even if his ceiling isn't very high. I can't see them just being like, no, nah, we're good. Wasn't good enough. Possible. I, I just don't see it as likely. So they're going to have to make a spot for him. And, you know, in a losing season, then, then why not? Like, if you can get a third round pick for Andy Green, you do it. Yeah, wh- whatever. You just take, yeah, you take whatever they'll give you at that point. So, um, but I, I'm with you. It, it doesn't make sense to just lose him for, for nothing. So you might as well play him. And hey, who knows? Maybe he goes on one of those offensive scoring streaks, but it's probably going to be a rebound back to uh, d- dumb penalties and playing 12 minutes a night from the blue line. Probably, but something to watch for with Sebastian Ajo. So he's got to play 27 games the rest of the way for the Islanders to hold his rights. If he plays less than 27 games, he becomes a UFA at the end of the year. And then I, I don't know if he's going to... doesn't mean he's going to go somewhere else, right? Like Michael Del Cole was not uh, uh, given a qualifying offer, right? And he stayed, so... That's true. We'll see what happens with, with Seabass. Yeah, absolutely. So how about we take a look at some of the other younger guys on down on the farm? Uh, the first one I want to bring up is William Zafour. I've brought him up before. I'm going to bring him up again. He scored today. I don't know if he's put up another goal since we started talking. I don't think he has because my phone is going nuts. I get updates whenever uh, one of the teams our prospects is on scores a goal. Uh, and so I'm just going to go now to my little aggregator here. No, I don't I don't think he's put up another goal. So he's up to 41 on the year is what William Zafour is at. He wow. has 41 goals in 43 games, which is absolutely insane. Ridiculous. He just can't stop scoring goals, this kid. No, he he's now at uh, 77 points. 
So he's second in the league in terms of points. He's first in the league in the league is the QMJHL. Um, first in the league in terms of, of goals. And I'm just trying to, for some reason, I can't hit the right button here. I'm just trying to get to see how far ahead he is. So the, the top two guys in terms of production is 79 goal, uh, points is Joshua Hua and 77 points for William Zafool. The next guy, 68 points. So he's right up there, top two in the league. And there, there's a split uh, or a good gap between the third, uh, second and third. And then in terms of goals, he is 41 and the next guy has 34. Wow. No, that's impre- It's like not even close. He's running away with it. Now, what do you have to say to the people who say, well, it's just that league. Everyone scores in that league. What's your rebuttal? Well, clearly not. Like, there's only (laughs) one guy who's at 40 goals right now. Um, He's setting a French. He's going to be on pace for franchise record for uh, for goals. So, no. Um, He set a franchise record for point streaks. And again, like, that's just the franchise. But still, um, that doesn't happen all too often. If he keeps going the way he's going, he's going to hit 60 goals. And that that just doesn't happen. Like, I'm going to try to get the, the history for the records for the QMJHL. And let's just see how many 60-goal scores we have. And, of course, we're going to get records like Mike Bossy and Mario Lemieux and Guy Lafleur. Sure. Um, but, like, we all know he's not going to be them. So I'm just trying to bring it up. It's going to take a second here. Single season, regular season. We don't care what years. Uh, we only want players. We want goals. Um, we want most goals filtered by a player. Just the QMJHL has a ton of filters when it comes to bringing up their records. And we want one season. And we want home and away. It doesn't matter. And then boom, let's bring it up. I don't know if I can filter for just 60 goals here. Uh, apparently not. So the record is 133 goals in a year by Mario Lemieux. So he's oh not hitting that. That's for damn sure. But yeah, that that's still insane. So for 60 goal seasons, anything over 60, there, there's at least 100 entries here. So there, there's a lot, but most of this is set in like the 80s and the early 90s. The six, like there there isn't a lot that's over that. You have some like 2000 records for like Thomas Beauregard, never played at the NHL as far as I know. Simon Gamache, never heard of him before. Uh, but these are all done in the early 2000s. We don't have anything after that. Um, and he could very well be one of these players. Now, I want everyone to take this with a grain of salt. Of, of course, sorry, you have an 0405 Sidney Crosby put up 66 goals. So there you go. um, he's not going to be Sidney Crosby, but that that's the thing. We have to remember that he's still a fifth round pick. This isn't kind of like, oh my God, this kid is going to be the next Sidney Crosby or, 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 or Daniel Briard or Mike Ribeiro who scored over 60 goals in a year. But there's something there to this kid. He's clearly above this league. And I keep hearing overager. He's not an overager um, as far as I understand it. Uh, overager is you have to start the year as a 20-year-old. He is not. He started the year as a 19-year-old, turned 20 in January. Um, this kid, there, there's something there. What that is exactly remains to be seen, but it's clear that it's well above the junior level or the major junior level in the CH and the QMJHL. He is ready for the AHL, and then we'll see what happens. But he's ready for that. We all that that's what we're all excited about is that this fifth round pick, clearly an AHL ready player, and that's huge because at a fifth round, you're like whatever. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and honestly, like even if it just that's it, that's all you'll ever be is an AHL guy. You'll still take that. It's a fifth round pick, right? Like, (laughs) you don't, I I don't understand people like, well, it's just a QMJHL. Okay, cool. It's just a fifth round pick though. Like fifth round picks don't turn into maybe something on trees. Like there's a reason they're darts because they don't really turn out to anything. But this guy's got something where you are forced to pay attention. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's been a fun ride. I I enjoy going on Twitter and seeing the gifts of all these goals because, well, it seems like they come just about every single day. They they really do. Every single day he's scoring a goal. Uh, Every time they play, it's must watch TV uh, because he's probably going to score something or put up a point or or put on a big hit. Um, Yeah, just just a really good player to have in in the prospect pool. And we'll see uh, what, what comes of it. Like, 
we have to remember that 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 draft class wasn't supposed to be any good right we we might have got something out of it but we started with a third round pick and we kind of whiffed on that one i think but um it is what it is yeah it's probably a a conversation for another day (laughs) yeah so um the other prospect i want to bring up is Bodie wild okay because i did a video today uh and I, i posted it just before we went up and it was looking at there was a, a question posed to me by uh, by JP. I don't I don't know if anyone knows who or not. Sorry, I don't know if everyone knows who he is. But in case you don't, J, JP asked me like, what kind of players or what what prospects could be coming to the AHL or NHL this year, as in like this season? And I went through the whole list, but then I didn't know what to do with Bodie Wild because the 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 essential point of, of the video was like, well, what prospect that isn't already in North America or isn't already signed to an NHL deal could be coming over now because their season's done, but ours isn't. And I was like, well, Bodie Wild could be one of those guys. Like the Bridgeport Islander season doesn't end till April 23rd, the regular season that is. Who knows mm-hmm. if they make the playoffs? Whereas the uh, Hockey also Scotland season ends on March 16th. So that's just in like five or seven days here in yeah. a week. It's done. He's in a playoff position, but I don't imagine their team is going to go far. They're, they're not great. They're, they're fine, but they're not great. If that season is done before April 23rd, does he come over? Do you think Lou's going to change his uh, Vax policy? Right? That's the thing. Like, you got an immovable object in Lou Lamorello, and as far as I understand, an immovable object in terms of Bodie Wild who, as far as, I, again, I understand, has not changed his stance on, on getting a vaccine or, or wanting to get one. And this isn't a debate that, like, he should or shouldn't. I think he should. Anyways, um, again, I was going to immediately, like, say something and then go against it immediately. What a jerk move that would have been by me. Um, but so those you got two movable objects. Something's got to give. And unfortunately, it's going to be... Um, Bodie Wild's ability to play in North America because Lou's in a position of power and Bodie Wild is not. But it's going to be interesting to see what actually does happen. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, what happens there? And, and especially because, like, a, a lot of restrictions here are being lifted. Like, for instance, at UBS, they're not checking Vax cards anymore. So, like, does that change his stance? Like, I know that's just one instance of it, but with restrictions becoming, I don't know, less now at this point do they care as much is he gonna have that hard of a stance there's no way for us to know but uh it's gonna be interesting yeah i think if the rules for the league are still in place and as far as we see them they are right like shannon hogan still has to wear a mask and people call her out about it like she's not doing it necessarily because she wants to she's doing it because she has to for her job and maybe she does want to even if she does relax it's just a mask it's not that big of a deal um but I don't think the NHL is ready to loosen its stance this year, maybe next year. But it's not like Bodie Wild is ready to jump into the NHL anyways. So it's going to be really interesting to see. I think Bodie Wild loses out on this year totally. And even if Westerwick is done, he's not coming over. Yeah, I agree. Um, I would be surprised. Now, again, like you said, if the league changes some policies over the summer going into the 2022-23 season, then sure, yeah, he could absolutely come back and you know try to get this thing rolling again. But I would be so surprised if Lou Lamarillo of all piece, uh, people changes his stance for Bodie Wild. Like that is just so that would be so bizarre if he did. It absolutely is. I, I don't think it's going to happen. Now the interesting thing isn't just about this year. It's well, what about next year? Because he's still under NHL contract next year, uh, and then he's going to be an RFA after that, and. While they could just say, like, we're not going to qualify you, and I, I would suspect that would be the case if this sh- these kind of shenanigans continue between the two. Um, although maybe not. Like, they, they, they didn't with Joshua saying, although that was a totally different ball game. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, and the interesting is going to start within a couple of weeks. Not even, a, yeah, probably a couple of weeks, because I don't imagine they're getting past the first round as a historic. Yeah. We'll we'll see what happens, but it's going to be uh, interesting there. That's a good point to bring up. Yeah, so that's down on the farm. There's not a whole lot more to talk about. No one's doing anything crazy wild right now that that needs to. Do you have anyone you want to get an update on? Or No, I think we covered it. Um, I think we're good for now. So Love it. Perfect. So then shall we do the quiz? Let's do it. 
as we do every week. Matt, I have a mystery New York Islander for you. This is not a Spiz special. This is coming straight from me. You've got five clues to guess. They get progressively easier as we go. Are you ready? Yes. Clue number one. I was drafted 208th overall by Washington. Semyon Varlamov? Incorrect. Good try. Um, Two. I coached Edmonton briefly in 2013 all the way till 2015. Ooh. Um, okay, next. I don't remember. Okay, I, 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 as soon as I, I spoke it, I was like, I think I made that one too easy for number two. But either way, three. I played two games with the Isles and scored one point in a 5-3 win over the New Jersey Devils. The secondary, I got the secondary assist on a Tim Connolly goal. Uh, that should kind of give away the timeline that we're looking at here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, don't have a guess yet. Three, or sorry, four. I'm currently the head coach of the Anaheim Ducks. Can you repeat that? We had one of these internet freezes over here. I didn't hear the question. Sure thing. I'm currently the head coach of the Anaheim Ducks. Oh, oh my God. Um, oh my God. It's right on the tip of my tongue. What the hell's his name? Oh my God. Hitchcock is jumping out, but that's not what his name is. It is not. He's much younger than Hitchcock. Eakins. Do I'm to give you number five? Oh, do you know his first name? No. It's a team in the NHL. They got they got a city city in the NHL. Okay. Uh, give it, me the last. It's in clue. Texas. Oh, in D- Dallas, Dallas. The Dallas. last. There it is. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> well, you got it. Okay. You got it. Good job. You got it before number five, which was, I don't live in Dallas, but that's my first name. (laughs) Oh, my God. Wow. Good job by you. Yeah, he played two games for the Islanders, scored one point, um, was a journeyman, played for like seven different teams, uh, never stayed longer than I think his longest stint was 40 games with, I'm going to say it's Florida. Okay. Yeah, did not really remember so, his moving time. Moving around a lot to Dallas Eakins. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't really remember a whole lot of his, uh, t- obviously, time with the Islanders. Um, but, yeah, interesting. Okay. What made you pull that one? I didn't really know. I just, I, I, I essentially hit randomize on the Wikipedia list of Islanders players. And by randomize, I mean, like, I, like, I screwed around with the wheel on my mouse up and down and up and down and up and down type of thing. And then his name popped out and I went, that's the one. Interesting. Okay. All right. There we go. So there's not a good method to my madness. It's, it's literally madness upon madness. We live for madness here on the Eyes on Isles podcast. So let's get into the social segment. We'll see what's going around on Isles Twitter this week. What stood out to you, Mitch? Uh, I got a few things, but I'm going to start with the second one because I... I Anyways, I want to start with this one here. It comes from Isles Fix. I think we all know who they are. They do an excellent job with their newsletter. Uh, it says, best part of this Wallstrom photo, and it's a photo of him scoring that goal, from Saturday is the guy in the background wearing the orange and blue scarf, and it's none other than co-owner John Ledecky. Front and center. Incredible. Yeah, that, that is really cool, and that's not the first time he's done something like that. I really, I give a lot of respect to John Ledecky because I, I think he really does have the fans best interest in mind that I feel like he genuinely cares. Like, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of owners who are kind of absentee owners or just like, you can tell they're kind of just in it for business reasons. And obviously they are in it for business reasons too, but I don't know. He gives off the impression that he genuinely cares. Yeah. And I think he recognizes, and this is the sign of, I guess a good businessman is recognizes his, his audience, right? His market. They've had absentee owners forever, minus Charles Wong, obviously. And so, like, to have a guy there, uh, front and center, cheering the team on, visible, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies type of thing, uh, is important. Because you're right, he's in it for for the business aspect of it. He's going to make a ton of money when he eventually sells his team. Uh, But he's having fun while he's doing it. And... Who doesn't want to be making bank and having fun? Isn't that the point of having a bunch of money? 
Yeah, I, I would hope so. If I ever got that rich, that's what I would want to do. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely buy a team and, and just have a whole hell of a lot of fun with it. Absolutely. So good on him. Love it. That's a good one to start with. Uh, my first one comes from Pete Jensen uh, on Twitter, and he says, percentage of games started with save percentage above 900 this season, minimum 25 games. So you have five people on this list, and coming in at number five is Ilya Sorokin. He is top five on that list at 70.3% of his starts. He has a save percentage over 900. So He's in good company. You have Shosturkin, one, Vasilevsky, Saros, Ottinger on here. Uh, so there's some pretty good names on here. He's a damn good goalie, man. There's a reason that we're like, okay, maybe it's time to move Varley. Um, it clearly happened a little bit sooner than we wanted to, but Ilya Sorokin has taken over as number one. Yeah, obviously. It's, you're, we're at the point where you can afford to lose Semyon Varlamov, which um, maybe last year you didn't think because of just how good he was. Yeah, and like Varley was good last year, so was Sorokin, but you're going, okay, well, it's one year, let's see what happens, and then year two, he does this, and you're going, all right, yeah, it's clear, this guy is ready for it, we just need to get him a decent backup, and we'll be okay. Also, like, I don't even want to complain, but just, he needs to uh, post up a little bit better, and then that will take his game to an even higher level. <laughs> Could you imagine if he just posts up a little bit better and he'd stop like another five goals on his season and that, that changes everything? Yeah, but just wanted to toss that out there. What else you got, Mitch? Mine comes from Rick Draw McGraw uh, okay. at RP Kern Kern, who says they should have given Palmieri the first star and then taken it away. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty funny. I like that. All right. He gets two goals, scores. Um, and like good shots by him on both shots, they go in, but they're like, no, no. Although I guess the second one was high sticking, but you know, we've all gone through that ourselves as Islanders fans and been on the other end of a high sticking. Um, but the first one was a good shot. The other one was just a good deflection. Just you know, unfortunately, a little bit too high, maybe. Yeah, it, it was borderline, but that was just bad stretch run of luck for him. That was that was tough. That was tough, but uh, he he's on some hell of a run of form right now, and I, I'm loving it. I, I want more of this, please. Yes, please, uh, especially over the next few years. Um, my last one comes from Joe Pantorno on Twitter, and he says, Barry Trotz just described this season as, quote, mentally crushing. And I, you know what? <laughs> I, that gets my stamp of approval because agree, Barry. This season has been so frustrating and draining. You have no idea. It has. It, it really has. He absolutely gets it because um, you're going like, there, there's. what do I do? What else do I do? And like people can say, like, you can play Wally more. And I guess maybe he could. But does Wally playing another five minutes a night change the, the direction of the season? Probably not. And I that's why that. he hasn't done it. Yeah, I would I would lean towards no, especially how he's played recently. Yeah. Uh, my last one here comes from Eric Vogel. Uh, it says from 2009, uh, sorry, 2000, he lays out year upon year of this this reoccurring oh, no. argument, or not argument, but narrative within the Islanders fan base. 09, man, I can't wait for the Isles to get Tavares some help. 2010 through 2012, straight nopes. 2013, Vanit, nope. 14 through 7 to 16, straight nopes again. Then it's 2017, Barzal, and a swear word that I won't repeat because it's, it's a family podcast, but there's a swear word there. 2018, man, I can't wait for the Isles to get Barzell some help. And then from 19 over to 23, it's just straight nopes all over again. <laughs> yeah, it's that's real. Um, I will say this, and I know maybe Islanders fans are tired of hearing it. I think something changes this offseason because the amount of cap space that they're going to have, they have room to make a major splash. And even if they move Varlamov, then the sky's the limit because that's close to $18 million that they have to play with. And not a whole lot to sign. You got no Dobson as the biggest name there. And we all know he's getting a bridge deal. It's just, is it going to be 2.5 or three? <laughs> that's it. Yeah, it's not exactly. No matter how good he plays down the stretch here, I don't, I don't see it getting any higher than like, as you said, two and a half or three million in that range. Yeah, so they're going to have $15 million, assuming they move Varley to play with. 
and most of their team's still around. Yep, but I, there's no one that that's more than you can pay one person, and they're not going to be bringing in for someone more than 10. So that still leaves them $5 million to fill out the rest of the lineup after acquiring a $10 million player, arguably. We're going to make some moves here. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm looking forward to it. Did you have anything else? I was all out on social. That was it. All right. So a couple of plugs before we go. Wherever you listen to the show, please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and a review. Really helps us out a lot. We appreciate all the love and support. You can follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS. Uh, on Twitter, my Twitter is Matt O'Leary NY, and Mitch is over at, at uh, TLO Mitch. Facebook, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. You could also download the fan sided app, get us there, see the website, eyes on aisles.com, or Patreon, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. Five bucks a month gets you bonus content like post game podcasts, mailbag podcasts, and a Discord group of Islanders fans. It's a whole lot of fun. Definitely worth your while to check out, right, Mitch? 100% get there now. Uh, I'm just looking at the patron podcast right now to see how many questions we got. We have 11 questions to get to, buddy. So, uh, and they're, they're always some thinkers. So there's some good questions in there. Uh, can't wait to do it. All right. That's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson, and we'll talk to you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.